Welcome to Examining Scripture. We seek to encourage believers in Jesus Christ to drink from the Word of Life. As God's revelation to mankind, we want to demystify the Bible and help you find what God has to say about the circumstances you're facing. We're not pastors or theologians. We're sinners just like you, who, by the grace of God, have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. If we can thirst for Scripture, so can you. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Red, along with co-host Nancy Carmichael. Thank you for joining us in another episode of Examining Scripture. Well, hello, Nancy. Hello, Bob. Yeah, how are you doing today? You know, I'm great. The sun is shining here in Buffalo, New York, so it just doesn't get better than that in early February. Yeah, well, I, and I am down here in sunny Florida, just north of D- Daytona on the beach. All right, all right. That's enough of that. Well, yeah, I'm not to rub it in, though, <laughs> and it's 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 been very nice. Uh, before we get started, I just want to take a moment here to thank you. So for those of us who uh, have listened to Nancy and I in the Examining Scripture podcast. Nancy not only has been a participant from the very beginning, but she's been instrumental in really guiding and and, um, encouraging me in this ministry. And I'm tremendously grateful. Um, I'm I'm sad in some ways today or or, uh, sort of uh, just feeling thankful that Nancy has been with us. She has many other responsibilities and we'll be stepping away from the Examining Scripture podcast. And Nancy, I just got to thank you for your heart, for uh, just your honesty, and most most especially uh, your humility and your uh, just your grace through the entire process. I am personally, personally uh, thankful for all that you do and have done and brought to this ministry. Wow. Wow, Bob, thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say. And I, I would, I would just like to say that, um, first of all, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this whole journey with you. And now this is where you find out that you never needed me to begin with. And this is going to be, I'm going to have great fun, uh, just following you as you continue these podcasts and, um, and I hope maybe to come back and visit every now and then, uh, cause I've, I've truly enjoyed this. Yeah, well, and that's just it. This isn't uh, a goodbye forever, but uh, until the next time, right? Until next time. Yeah, and so. But we still have this time. Yes. Well. Yeah, and let's let's move there. So we've been in the middle of uh, this podcast series that we've called uh, the Gospel, and in the first part of the series, we landed on John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that all who believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And Nancy introduced a quote that I think was very, very meaningful. And she said, uh, I forget who you attributed it to, but she said, Jesus Christ did not come to this earth to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that really is expressive of God's economy. When we uh, are born or when we are conceived, come into this world, 
the physical part is life. And eventually we all will face the physical part of death. In God's economy, it's almost reverse or it is reverse. When we come into this world, we are spiritually dead. And we who come to saving faith in Jesus Christ step into that glorious world of spiritual life. And what we talked about in that first podcast is the assured hope of eternal life, which is to say that we will, upon physical death, enter into everlasting life with God in the presence of God, worshiping and praising him. In the second part, uh, we looked at what our responsibility is to each other as believers in Jesus Christ. So we landed on uh, Hebrews 20, chapter 10, 23 through 25, which says, hold fast the confidence for the hope we have without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Mm-hmm. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembling together as some have a habit to do, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day draws near. So we talked a lot about the importance of coming together as Christians to be want to be together. And that's so important in the shaping of our lives as believers in Jesus Christ. The world is not a safe place in general. It's a hard place to live. And as Christians, we too are being treated differently today. And certainly we in the United States and North America have it pretty easy. But there are many people throughout the, uh, throughout the world who have to, who having a saving faith in Jesus Christ can be a dangerous place to be. And Mm -hmm. so being able to come together and Nancy, it's interesting because you've been in other countries, particularly in Asia, where it's been very dangerous for people to be professing believers in Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And you found a tremendous amount of hope in those visits, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, so I, I went on a trip and it was a short term trip, um, but it was long enough to to visit a lot, um, well, a good amount of home of home churches where that's really the option to meet in people's homes. Um, because otherwise there are there are churches allowed in this country that you speak of, um, but they are state sanctioned churches that really uh that really don't follow the whole Bible, put it that way. Um, so the people that really want to stay true to the word, they're forced to meet in homes and and they do. And and that's just it. So there's smaller gatherings, but there are many of them, which to me is very hopeful. It says that, you know, nothing is going to stop the gospel from spreading. Nothing is going to stop his church, right? That's what Jesus said. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I got to see a little bit of that firsthand, and it was incredibly encouraging. And even in here in North America, and in particular in our church at Eastern Hills and many other churches, uh, we see the same thing down here in Florida. We attend a place called the Salty Church. It's mm-hmm great in that they actually have services on the beach and they have services in various places up and down the east coast of florida um and there's a tremendous encouragement for what we call simple churches or bible study groups and it's an opportunity for 
intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And yep, there's no yeah, there's nothing like being in someone's home to really get to know each other. That's right. And so much can come out of that in the sense that we're not really able to stop our pastors mid-sermon and say, well, can you kind of go deeper? I don't really understand that. Where when we come together in these smaller churches, these smaller gatherings, it's 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 truly uh, a close affair. We get to really know each other and we can go into more detail about what our pastors have taught uh, in the sermons that they're teaching. Right. Right. It's because it's, yeah, it's a conversation. Yeah. And so when we look at what our responsibility, if we're focusing as we are in this podcast series on the gospel, one of the things we talked about in the last podcast was coming together. There's another element as a believer in Jesus Christ, where I almost want to, I was about to say it's our responsibility. It's not really, I don't want to put it that way. I'd rather say that it is something that moves and stirs within our soul, our being, our heart, which is we, having seen the light, having moved from spiritual darkness to spiritual light, to become more like Christ. Mm -hmm. And in order to try and sort of set the tone for this podcast, I landed on a scripture in first Peter chapter two and it's verse two. And it says like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word so that by it, you may grow in regard to salvation. I've talked with some young believers and they are confused with this idea of grow in salvation because they see being saved as the number one. And it is very important when we come to saving faith, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we see that we're at the end of ourselves, we repent of our sins we turn to God and we believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And we believe that God raised him from the dead. That saving, that point of true confession, true heart change is a saving event where we come to salvation. But there's more to that, isn't there, Nancy? Yes, Bob, there is. And, you know, as you're talking... So here's the picture that came to my mind. Okay, so uh, a lot of us are married, have been to a wedding. So, you know, so we, so a wedding is an event, right? But once we're married, we're not constantly getting married, right? The, that's the event and that's the kickoff for the marriage. Now we spend the rest of our lives, hopefully, growing in that relationship, getting to know the one to whom we are married. And that's the picture that comes to mind as you're speaking, because yeah, so that, that initial point of, and there has to be that point of surrender, Jesus, I need you. I cannot do this on my own. I accept what you did, the propitiation for my sinful nature on the cross. Thank you. And the resurrection, I need that. Please come dwell in me. So that event is actually that when Jesus, the living God comes to dwell within us, now that he's in us, now what do we do? 
of course we want more of him. Of course we want to be more like him, right? We want more of Jesus. So the rest of this life here on earth is growing in that relationship, growing in that reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Mm, amen. That I, I really, really, really like that analogy. I hadn't really thought of it in that way, that salvation is well mirrored or, or reflected in a marriage. I think that's great analogy. And I find it very helpful for me knowing that this particular verse comes from Peter. We all know Peter's story, if you will, the leader Christ mentored, and we call them the apostles. And Peter of all people was all over the map. While he was a leader, he was impetuous. He would many times say exactly the right thing for which Christ would encourage him and, and praise him for. And in the next breath, say something altogether uh, blasphemous, and Christ would equally admonish him. And hearing him, as opposed to someone like Paul, pen these words, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, is so encouraging for me because it really speaks to who we are as Christians. And how I mean that is, uh, I, I don't remember who to attribute this quote to, but someone once said, I have no problem with Christianity. It's the Christians I have a problem with. And yeah. it talks about our hypocrisy, right? Right, right. Yeah, I believe that might have been Gandhi who said that. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you. And it, look, we're human beings. We're fallible. We're not consistent as we would like to be. Mm -hmm. And we are hypocritical. And we're that's incumbent upon being a human being. And if we're really honest with ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, when we're on this side of the grave, we are prone to error. We still sin. The idea is that we sin less. And when we do sin, it affects us more more greatly. So this idea of salvation, when Paul, I'm sorry, when Peter talks about like newborn babes, he's not really talking to people who are new Christians, is he? He's talking to the type of innocence that a newborn babe has for milk. They just need it and they need it all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, so, all right. So I'm not, not to walk back on my marriage analogy, but to speak directly to this analogy that Peter gave us. So again, there's an event we are born, right? And now we're not always being born, right? And once we are born, then we, then we must grow. So a newborn must grow, craves milk, craves sustenance. So it's not even something, you know, I really should drink milk today. It would be the right thing to do. It's like, no, I need it. I need it. Like, it's not even a thought. It's a drive. And and I think that's that's that beautiful analogy. It's like, yeah, so now not only are we not always being born, we're growing. And that hunger drives us to the thing that will help us to grow. Yes. And I like the way he says long. So long is, in the Greek here, a deep, 
passionate yearning. It's the, the analogy I think of is, is the mountain climber who is driven to get to the top. It's the mission. And that's what we're all about here in examining scripture is to go into God's word, to right. examine scripture. Yeah. So, so, all right, let's, let's just camp here just for a second, because yeah, I, I hear you about the mountain climber. And so here, because I'm not a mountain climber, I like to hike, but I don't ever see, you know, conquering Everest anytime soon, but you know, I can look at that mountain climber and say, Oh, wow. I really admire that. They have something that I don't have. And isn't that great? And wow. So sorry. All right. So now let's go back to the baby. It's like, you know, that baby just craves like there's nothing like oh wow I really admire how hungry that baby is for food it's like for us like that you that drive that you speak of it's universal it's not just special people that we can admire have that drive it's like no the baby needs milk to grow but really and to thrive but really to survive right that baby we need it so it's nothing that's like oh isn't isn't he or isn't she wonderful look how you know how hungry they are and look how they're eating and growing it's like no this is this is just right this is this is just following something that we can't even help it and and that's the picture i see as us as we've encountered jesus we can't help it right we can't we just need more of him and that's the thing that drives us it really is the thing that drives us and wanting to know more about our God. It's wanting to know more about Jesus. If Jesus has done this for us, we just want to get to know him. We get to know him in prayer and right. we get to know him by reading his word. We spent, I want to think, another four-part series on just scripture, or the Bible. Right. And we talked about how the Bible is God's revelation to mankind about himself. We're told that it is the spirit within us that helps us discern scripture. And the thing I love as someone who has been studying scripture for 40 years, 50 years now, is it's inexhaustible. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can keep going back to it. And it's like, oh, I, you know, I read that. 30 times. Well, you know what? That 31st time, you're going to get something else out of it. If you're really listening, if you're really, if your eyes are open, your ears are open, your heart is open. Yeah. It, I think what you're saying is each time we read it, it speaks to us in different ways, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it does. Because the living God, right, is active. This, you know, God breathed living and active. God is speaking to us through it. That's right. Hebrews tells us, right? Hebrews 4.12 says the word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, right? And it's able to get to our soul. What's beautiful about the Bible, and we talk about this at all, all the time in examining scripture, is whatever circumstance you're faced with as a believer in Jesus Christ, scripture is written by God for our benefit about who he is. And we're made in his image. Therefore, if we go into scripture, he has things to say about our particular circumstance. And when we're reading this scripture, he speaks to us specifically, our hearts are more sensitive to our circumstance that as we read scripture and search scripture, we find God revealing things to us about our situations. 
Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. And we learn, maybe I should personalize it. I learn new things. And it's not so much as you say, we read that word, that phrase or that paragraph or, or those verses 20, 30 times, and it has no different meaning to us. And then one time our heart is in a certain place, our circumstances, such and such. And we read that verse and it just brings out a new meaning, new depth and a greater understanding of who God is right. and how it pertains to us in our life and our situation. Right, right. Those jump off the page moments, right? Mm. So, you know, we we find out who we are by getting to know who he is. Amen. Right. And it's not that he's not, of course, he's he's interested in us. See, we, we talk about this often that, you know, it's not all about us. Story's not about us. It's about him. And yet by, by taking the focus off of us and getting to know who he is, he in turn reveals to us who he made us to be. That is so, so right. He reveals himself to us and he wants to. He wants to in our circumstance and it helps to shape how we think. I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, mm -hmm. where we're, you know, he says, no circumstances right. come to you except that which is common, common. to you. Yes. Right? Yeah. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, mm -hmm. and will, through with the temptation, allow you to go through it so that you'll be able to endure it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the circumstances we face in our lives. We are tempted not by God, but by the world, uh, by our circumstances, by our situations. And yet he's faithful. He's there for us. And that faithfulness walks with us, if you will, as we go into scripture and we say, I want to learn more about Christ. I want to learn more about this God that I love. Yeah. So when we come to that point of thirsting for the pure milk of the word and by it, we grow in salvation. It really is saying that we grow to be more like Christ. There's two elements to that I think that are very important. First is we change. We change in our outlook so that we no longer yearn for the things of the world. We're no longer affected by trappings of this world. Uh, I don't seem to be uh, envious of someone else's situation, truly glad for them, right? Mm -hmm. And we see in ourselves the fact that we want to mirror Christ. We want when people see us to see that we're different, not that we want to be different, to be different for different sake, but that we have a sense of peace and joy. And we have that through this hope we've talked about time and again, because we have the promise of a future with our Lord and Savior. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Bob, if you can handle this, I got another picture in my mind. This is when I do wish we had a video podcast. So I'll just describe the picture. Um, and you're a smart guy. And we've probably even talked about this before. So the picture I get when we talk about growing and becoming more like, like Christ, like Jesus. So at that point, so before salvation, right? Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Who can know them? This is, this is who we are. We're dead in our sins. We're dead. Christ is 
outside of us. We are dead in our sins. At salvation, something changes. It's not a change in mindset. It's not from this day forward, I will. It's no, this is the point. Christ dwells within us. This is what scripture teaches. We could do a whole series of this. In fact, if I if I can ever come back, I would love to do this series with you, Christ in us. So at that point, here's the picture. If you picture a circle, right? So concentric circle. So the big outer circle, that's that's us. That's our life empty, right? So dead in our sins. Okay. All right. At that point of salvation, now there's a new circle, dead center. It is Jesus Christ who we are, right? Now our heart has been changed by Christ. And it's you know, picture, maybe it's a relatively small circle because this is the very beginning, right? Almost like, oh, I don't know, like a conception, right? It's a small circle that enters our larger circle. What we're talking about is growing in our faith, becoming more like Jesus, reading the word, prayer, you know. So over time, that central circle grows, it grows. And the stuff that's around it, that's our flesh. That's the stuff. That's the part of us that, you know, we're still contending with that Romans 7 tells us about till till the day we die from this earth. But that other part of this, as the center circle grows, that's Christ in us growing. The true you, the true part of who you are is Christ. And all that, that other part of the circle is growing smaller because Christ is growing within us. And to me, this is an important picture because it is is the difference for me trying to, oh, I want to try to be more like Jesus today versus Jesus, I want you to show up in me today. Because if I really believe you dwell in me, then I want to agree with you, right? And that is the picture that I get of our growth in Christ, because it's, it's not about us trying to reach outside of ourselves and 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 modify our behavior it's allowing jesus to direct us from within amen what a beautiful and fantastic word picture that's right we want christ working from within us and he shapes us from within us and when we're in scripture when we're in prayer the opportunity we open ourselves to the opportunity for christ to work within us and we do that with this sense of what's going out on in the world around us, specifically what's our circumstance. And we're not necessarily looking in scripture all the time for Jesus answer this question. I remember another podcast where you jokingly said, so you're not saying scripture will tell me which car to buy next week. And, and, uh, that was not a glib response. It was really clarifying the fact that, no, if we go into Scripture with the right heart to really want to have Christ expand himself within us, our knowledge and our understanding, that we become more of him. He becomes within us more of us, and we become less of who we were. That's right, right. The the old self, the dead self versus the new self, right? So that's, that's right. Yeah. And I know uh, not to jump ahead of the game, but you know that so there's that moment of salvation, then there's this life that we have that he's given us here this time that we have, this short time on earth for us to grow, for Christ to grow within us. And then there's going to come a day when that circle is filled. <laughs> and now glory, right? In his presence. 
But until then, we're still, you know, crisis growing within us. And wow, what a what an amazing thing that is. That's right. And the beauty of what Nancy's talking about is the third element of salvation is what's what we call glorification. And that's where, and again, using Nancy's beautiful word picture, where we go before Christ to enter heaven, and he strips away that outer part of the circle, which is of the world, and burns that off so that we are just all that he is in us. And that's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. Right. And then that circle, I said so this, I don't, this might be a little conjecture, but from what I've studied of, you know, just of what's to come, the new heaven and the new earth. And again, that's probably another podcast, but then that circle just keeps growing, right? That's without right. constraints, without constraints. Without constraints. That's right. And it, and, and it's, it's just grows more and more and bigger and bigger mm. A beautiful word picture and then there's a, another element of why this is so important to long for the pure milk of the word and that really segues into the final part of the series but i want to just touch on it here nancy that when we go out into the world people are seeing us and they're seeing that big big circle that we are but they're also seeing that inner circle that we are and we are becoming more and more right yeah they recognize it when they see it right yes it's it and all of us who are listening to this podcast who are believers in Jesus Christ have had those moments where people come to you maybe they're in crisis maybe they're not but they say you know you have something and I want it, or mm-hmm. you're different. What's different? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I've seen you go through a really horrible experience recently and you're not handling it the way I would have handled it. Why is that? It is us really allowing God, our God-centered nature to come forward and the world sees it, don't they? Mm, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that that's a great picture. Because yeah, they do recognize it, right? They 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 see through even even through the junk that is, you know, all of our our flesh and our, you know, the 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 old part of us that's still there. Yeah, they'll they'll see that, but even so, they'll see there is something different. They see the grace of God dwelling in us. And that's attractive. It is attractive and it's a witness. Mm-hmm. And when when that happens, they come to us, they look for us to give an account for why we're different. Mm-hmm. And we do that in several different ways. And one of the ways is we simply share what Christ has done and is doing in our lives. Yeah. And we can't, you know, when you think about it, I, I know we talk about, yeah, prepare your testimony, you know, be ready for, you know. Scripture teaches us always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you profess. Um, and we we should always be ready. And if this is the way we're living, I think we will be ready, right? I think because we can't help it. That's right. Because our behavior, while being no less a hypocrite than anybody else in the world, we're fallible people, but they see there's something very different. And that difference is our witness. 
And then we can verbally share why it is that we're different. How did we come to be different? Why do we have the belief that we have, the assurance that we have? And the other thing that is so important from what Peter is telling us in verse 2 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter is that we long for the word so that we understand the Bible. And so when people come to us with the question of why we're different, eventually those conversations might very well lead to where can I find that? How can I find that hope and assurance? And it's important to say you can find that in Jesus Christ. And these are the things that he's done for me. But it's also important to say, look at this set of verses. Read this chapter in the Bible. Perhaps as God is softening the hearts of these people who are coming to us and saying, hey, you're different. I really want to understand why you can point them to scripture and perhaps God will continue through his word and your witness to even soften that person's heart more and more and more. So eventually, while we may be a resource to God in helping others come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, it is God that actually does that. And we're just a vehicle through which he works. Amen. Right. Because we know, and I know you know this scripture, right, from Jeremiah, that he watches over his word to perform yeah. it. So whenever we're speaking his word, and not as a not as a mantra, not as like, oh, magic words. No, words of life. When we speak those words that are words of life from that place, of the depth of our heart, when we're just speaking that truth, God's going to work through it, regardless of how faith we want to be faithful, but even if we are faithless, he remains faithful, right? For he cannot disown himself. So he's going to work through his word. And what it does for those who confront us or those who come inquisitively to us and say, give an account for the hope you have, there's that personal element that we share with them because we've lived it, because it is that starting point within our circle that Nancy talked about in her word picture. And then it's additional in that we can say, and here is scripture that is the basis of my worldview. This is why I believe what I believe. And it's true. And if you look and go there and read it with an open heart and an open mind, surely it may speak to you also. And so it's not whimsical on our part, right? That's important that we share our faith. It's important that we share that moment of salvation, how we actually came to saving faith. But it's not based solely on emotion, is it? Right. I mean, you know, our emotions are a part of us, but... Mm. But it's, as you say, it's, it's not, you know, when I'm feeling good, I'm saved when I'm not feeling good. I'm not, you know, it's, it's no, it's, you know, thank God for our emotions, but our emotions are just an indicator of what's going on inside of us. It's not necessarily an indicator of reality. That's right. And we can then say, we know something about this book we Mm -hmm. call the Bible. Right. And it's so deep and it is so wide. And it will give you answers to the life that you're struggling to lead. 
and it will give you a sense of joy beyond any comprehension of happiness. And it will give you an inner peace beyond whatever you think brings you to a safe place or makes you feel you're safe. And these are the things mm -hmm. that we talk to people and share with them and what we show them in our daily life and daily living, where they do say, wait a minute, there's something different about you, Nancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's humbling because to say, oh no, there's nothing special about me. That's actually denying Jesus. Right. And so it's, it's not about this false humility of like, oh no, it's like, well, you know what you see, what you see it's Christ in me. That that's that's what you're seeing. And Amen. It's okay to say that because you're we're not bragging on ourselves. We're bragging on Jesus who changed us. That's right. Yeah. And it leads us to honest conversations to say, no, you know, being a follower of Jesus Christ is simple, but it's not easy. Right. Because we have this other part of the circle. And that leads to a sense of honesty. Like you say, it's 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 not a glib hum humility say, oh, you know, oh me shucks. No, it's I struggle with these real world things too, like you do. Mm -hmm. But as I struggle with them, I'm able to turn to a resource that is beyond comprehension, that can answer all of the deep yearning questions that I have in general about the world, and also specifically about my circumstance. When we can't find those answers for ourselves, because maybe we don't have the full knowledge and understanding, we can go to other brothers and sisters who understand exactly where we are, understand all that we understand about God's saving grace, and they can help lead us to where we need to get to, to help allow God in our lives through the word to work within us so that God himself, Christ himself can walk with us mm -hmm. through the circumstance, not to remove it, but to walk with us through it. That's right. That's right. We turn, we turn to Christ within, mm -hmm. we align ourselves we agree with it. And that's what you're talking about. And the more we do that, the more Christ within does grow in us, right? So less of the old nature, more of this new nature. And what a what a great promise he gives us. What a what a what a beautiful life that is not perfect, not easy. Jesus told us, hey, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna find a lot of troubles, but take heart. I've overcome. And that's our promise that we're not doing it alone. We're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it in the power of Christ within us, the Holy Spirit, by the way, is what we're talking about. Um, another whole podcast series, but but yeah, so, so beautiful. Bob, thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation. Not that this is my last conversation with you. I hope to come back, but I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we can put um, an ellipsis right here. Yes. And you know that you're always welcome back. And as I said, uh, this is an until next time, not a never again. Mm, amen. Thanks so much. Yeah, amen to that. Thank you, Nancy, for everything you are and everything you do. Well, I've so appreciated you, Bob. And God bless you as you continue examining scripture on this adventure with 
And I pray for many listeners to, to come in and to grow, right? Because I know that that's your heart. So God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Nancy. Well, there you have it. We've enjoyed our conversation today and hope that you feel more equipped to examine Scripture to find what God has to say about the important circumstances you're facing in your life. Until next time, examine the Scripture, drink from the Word of Life, and let the Bible feed your spirit.